Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're rolling with Jason and John. 92.9 FM ESPN. It's white out there this time, certainly more so than yesterday. Be safe. I appreciate all the Memphis drivers that were going slow. Probably smart today. Hopefully the rest of you are at home and cozy. No question about that. Tom Brady, big news. He got up this morning and gave it to us. He's retiring this time for good, the seven-time Super Bowl champion says. We'll get into that. That means no Brady to Raiders. So John needs another quarterback. Grizzlies back on the court tonight. They'll do it against a Portland team that's playing with a red-hot Dame Lillard, also supposed to be the debut of one Danny Green. Hopefully we get eyes on him tonight. He's listed as questionable along with Desmond Bain. Denver Broncos got a new head coach. LeBron James moving up another all-time list. John, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to be here. Um, Remember... Your biggest threat is not the ice. Your biggest threat is your fellow Memphian. That's what's um, Thank you. And so uh, if you get anywhere, like don't be driving, you know, adjacent to anybody else. Like you need to give them at least 40 to 50 yards, I would say, because there's a high likelihood they're going to spin out. But you got to pass them sometimes. You do. That's a calculation that only you yeah, can make. I was holding my breath in those moments. Yeah, I, I was too. Because uh, you can't, you can't just stay slow with. No, the ones I mean, that I, yeah, super I, I, slow. that's exactly right. I mean, I had, I had, I had to do that a few times. Just don't drive along. The with only, them the I'm only doing. time where it was a little dicey was when, like, I was on the interstate going on on three eighty five. There's a few overpasses there, a few bridges. Yeah. And you're just like kind of side by side with somebody. You're mm-hmm. just like, please don't. That's where I was holding my breath. Don't do anything dumb, <gasps> Mister Driver, right? Because I can control what I can do, but in, I can't control what the other person can do. And I'm sure they're having the same thought about me. Of course they are, especially they look over you and see your face. You know, you just can't, you just can't, uh, you can't panic. You can't panic. Right, you do. You just need to keep it straight. But that's what we do Don't in Memphis. Don't bang on them brakes. It's, 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 like the, it's like the satanic panic of the 80s, man. We see that ice. It is like, go, So you driving next to us in a hoodie, all that facial hair, probably yeah. could freak somebody out. I saw... Um, a, a video from Fox 13 yesterday that I was like, I, this has to be a bit, bro. That whole no, it was that whole bridge. What they stayed on it all day, yeah, and it was just chaos. But it was like it's, Winchester, it's, so, so yeah, Winchester overpass, like, and, and I can only imagine over. how many accidents are piling up there right now because that's. Well, it, did you see the brother who had just wrecked yes, in that video, yes. trying to tell the police, please get up there and stop, right? Go block it off so we don't. Have, but, but why would you want to and, do that? The, the because sis, then the did, police are going to, you're going to get hit. It better their car than all these civilians having all the. No, I'm not trying what, to. What are you talking about? We got a million police cars. Go up there and block it off instead of having I'm, all this chaos. But I was with the brother and the, and the, and the woman cop said, no, get away. Did you see her? Detect- yeah, I did. If you look at it again with that context, look at that. She said, no, he's man, but. It's like bumper cars out there. It's, Go block off the bridge. It's Mario Kart, man. Everybody's got those red turtle shells out, you know? <laughs> That's it. The ones I don't want to laugh. I don't want, there was like a 12-car pileup Oh, there yesterday. will be more. There, so don't get out unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous proposition. I know Brad being on there with two hands on the, on Ten the Ford. 10-2. Ten 10-2. Two. Ten two. Got the de-icers already sprayed. Yeah. Now I, I got the I got the uh, Audi tire, so that, that's that was not again. That's never my concern with the ice. It's never a situation like oh I'm scared to get on the ice and 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 oh, spin out myself. Thank you, thank you, brave man. It's that it's with that her. you know we cannot trust our fellow Memphian. Yeah, we we, get it. we cannot trust each other in this in these conditions. Um, so and there's more coming. I don't know how another much. round of this this afternoon. Yeah, I don't know how much is coming, but some of it is coming. Um, at any rate, we're here. We're rolling through. We battle. It's what we do, man. It's what we are. It's all we ever do. Uh, Marty Janow is going to join us at eleven twenty-five. Right. We'll talk to him uh, about the Grizzlies, about Let me the, get the Tigers. 
Yeah, I'm not sure if he'll be in. I, I mean, I, you, you may not need that. He probably will. I'm, I'm assuming he'll be by phone today. No reason to come in if, if he doesn't have to. I didn't come in for Jeff today. Maybe he will. I don't know. Um, but he will join us via phone, via satellite, via Skype. Who knows? Uh, Mark's from Michigan, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, I mean, he should or be. Or D.C. guy or whatever it is. I mean, he went either to Michigan, way, yeah. he's dealt with this stuff. Yeah. He, this doesn't intimidate yeah. him. I suspect he'll be you're, you're sitting right. here in this warm seat. Uh, so he'll join us somehow uh, at 11.25. We'll talk to him about Tigers, Grizzlies, et cetera, uh, at 11.25. 12.25, Tyler Fulgham's going to join us from the Daily Wager. We'll get into some Super Bowl stuff right. with him. Um, previews, things like that, what side he's on. What he likes, a little prop action, perhaps. I know you yeah, don't. I you mean, don't like the props. Everybody, I mean, props. But, but props, props are fun. fun props are fun. Yeah. You have to ask a prop question. Yeah, no, it is. But I'll it's do like, that. I know it's beneath you, well, so I'll it, handle that. Here's part. the problem with props. I can t- it's beneath you. I'm gonna tell you the problem with props fundamentally. Okay, everybody only wants to bet. And I don't. Tyler Fogel may not be this. I'm just saying the average person. The average person only wants to, wants to bet the over. They only want to bet the over on a prop. Nobody wants to bet the under. Oh, betting an under is not fun. You're basically, oh, I don't want A.J. Brown to catch balls. I don't want. It's very tense. Yeah, like exactly right. Entire time. Whereas over is fine. Okay. But the under is way, on average, I would hit, I would guess. I feel like you're becoming an expert. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm just a, I'm just. Like a, we've seen your growth here. I'm just a, I'm just a man. I am just a man. Okay. Um, who observes and just takes in information. But unders are, people don't realize this. When you bet on an over, you're also eating the injury risk. So if somebody goes out there and, you know, like a Juju Smith-Schuster, that's why all these people, they complain. They're like, void Juju Smith-Schuster, FanDuel. Void Luka. He got hurt two minutes into the game. Well, you didn't have to take the over. You could have bet the under. You didn't have to take the over. That's a good point. You know, I mean, so when you bet the under, not only are you getting the under, but you're also, you also accept the injury risk, which in professional sports, especially football, Mm -hmm. is great. I mean, even if you miss, you know, a couple series with an injury. I mean, that's a lot of time. No you question. only have so many. So anyway, that's just that's. Just, I'm an old uh, Kaji, you know, yelling at the clouds when it comes to the overs. But you know, I understand people want to bet. Did you take an over last night and get burned? No, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I, just it, I was just making sure. No, I, I, very all, rarely. You don't take it very over. rarely. Oh, okay. I might take like an over on a point total. Right. But then when it comes to like a prop performance from a player, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I did take the last over I took. I will tell you this. I will reveal this right here for all of my audience listening right now because that's what I do. I the last over I took was John Morant uh, on Christmas. And that hit. I was gonna say he had during the first half. Yeah. Damn during the first half. Sometimes there are angles where it's like, all right, you just know this guy is gonna try to like go at you know. But in terms of football, no, I do not. Uh, Right. I do not typically do it. Anyway, Tyler Falk is going to join us at 12.25. Um, and then at one twenty-five, Bobby Marks is going to hop on. I want to talk to him, and we want to talk to him, about some trade possibilities here for the Memphis Grizzlies. Are there any? Should there be any? How serious should they be around the NBA? All that and more with Bobby Marks at one twenty-five. So that's the show today. Looking forward to it. Tom Brady's done. Tweeted this morning. Um, on the same day, a year ago, a year or two today, he retired last year. Uh, he announced today that he is indeed retiring. This is what Tom Brady had to say on his Twitter account earlier this morning. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So uh, I won't be long-winded. You only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. So there you have it. Brady sounds pretty convinced to me, pretty convincing to me. Um, oh, yeah. How many times can you do this? Yeah, I mean, Brett Favre did it a lot, but that's Brett Favre. I think when you're the GOAT, there has to be a little bit more. Who said he was going to play to the age of 45? He'd been saying that for years. Yep. And here we are. Yep. Um, and so I believe him, and I think it's unfortunate that that it, maybe his pump fake last year is kind of 
influencing the discourse today about it because, I mean, I, I don't think we should be hearing anything today other than this guy was the greatest to ever wear uniform at that position. Who's saying anything different? Well, I think there are some who don't believe him. There are still some who are skeptical that he's not going to actually stay retired. Oh, please. Yeah. I don't, again, there's no reason for him to do this. There's not like he's, he's, he's got the contract with Fox. Yes. He doesn't have to, like, hold leverage over anybody. You know, last year it was a deal where he was basically being, you know, given an ultimatum by his wife at the time, say, you know, us or football, mm-hmm. which I would, get, I would say there were deeper issues there than just that because if it was about, I mean, it's four, we're talking about four months now, and, like, immediately after the divorce she's been, you know, hot and heavy with the MMA guy, the trainer. Or okay, enough of that. I'm just saying there were cracks there before. Um, so this one feels like, look, there's he. I, I think all of us watched the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers this season. They finished with a sub 500 record despite having like a ton of talent. They got absolutely pantsed <laughs> by the Dallas Cowboys. There was a big defensive drop off as well this yeah. year for them. Brady's throwing the ball just in the his dirt. decline that made No, it was not. It was not all on Brady. It was for right. sure. It was a coaching change. There was, mm-hmm. you know, um, a, a, a drop defensively. The offensive line had issues. But I think at all, like, you, you're you going to have that on a football team. Well, that's right. You're going to have something. You and know? in previous years, perhaps he could deal with it in, yeah. you know, in a better capacity. But I, but I think he realizes, as we probably have, that the days of being able to – and this is what I said when it comes to the Raiders. This is why I was like – Okay, I'd, I'd, I would buy a jersey. I'd be all about it. But I know, like, there's a cap to it. The days of Tom Brady being able to overcome your schematic defen- deficiencies somewhere else are simply over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how often Brady even played w- in his career with schematic deficiencies. I mean, the majority of his career was spent with Bill Belichick and an elite defense and an elite special teams pretty much all the time. And in Tampa Bay... I mean, we know. I mean, how many playmakers they had on defense. We know how many playmakers they had on offense. At least for the first for the first season, they won a Super Bowl, and then there was a bit of a drop off. And then we know what happened this year. So I think, from a you know realist standpoint, I think Brady realizes it's probably not going to get a whole lot better for me because the Forty ers don't want him. They don't need him. You know, they've invested everything they have in Trey Lance. They got to see what he is. They got to see what they've got there. I don't think there's any real reason for them to go out and get Tom Brady at 46. And, okay, so then you're, who you're talking about? Dolphins just recommitted to um, Tua. Sean Payton got a job, but he got a job in Denver where Russell Wilson is installed. They paid him all that money. There's no opening for Tom Brady there. Okay, so now what are we, are we talking about, the Raiders? Raiders. Raiders? Well, Jets are a possibility. Jets probably, but their sights seem to be set on Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So, it's to me, it's – the Raiders or retirement, and bro chose retirement, and it was the right move. It was the right decision because why would you go to the Raiders where you got to face Sean Payton twice a year? Now you got to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Right. You got to face uh, Justin Herbert twice a year. I mean, you ain't going to the playoffs with the Raiders right now. So it's like I might as well just hang it up, and that's what he did. And I think it's the right decision. Well, I mean, you touched on this, but it's as simple as what what I said after the game is. Tom don't want to get hit anymore. It's obvious he can't own that pocket the way he had in terms of the footwork and the the shoulder work. Remember when linebackers used to talk about that with Tom Brady? Yep. And how those shoulders he was expert at. You know, he the guy was, you know, just a a, a phenom in terms of the way he could avoid the rush just with a a shoulder shrug. He can't do that anymore. That and that's the difference. And if you're at a point now where you're, you know, the the fear uh, takes over and is larger than the you know, I can do this, well, that's when you need to hang it up. And I think it's as simple as that. He can't it, – it sounds weird to say because he, to this point, he's always been able to do it from a yards and a touchdown standpoint. Can't do it anymore at the level that he expects. And so it was It was the right play. I'm glad. I'm, I'll, I'll put it to, I'm glad we're not going to see another year of a diminished Tom. Right, because it was going that way. Mm-hmm. It was going that way. Yeah, you saw that. But that's The writing was on the wall. He's making the right decision. And, uh, yeah, just surprised that the – the airplane that you heard over top of them that they didn't redirect the flight path for something. Is, that was a little disrespectful. You know, when you're you talking about a goat like that this. That was a little disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're super genuine from him, though. And and if you saw, too, the on Instagram, he put up probably, I don't know the number, but it looks like 40 to 50 photos 
of everyone in his career, it looks like, that meant something to him. And, and, and obviously a ton of that is family. But, you know, uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi's on there. Belichick's on there. These pick, it just it's it's a it's the story of his career, really. And I found that even you know, you know, more telling almost, and and, and you got more out of that than you did the actual you know short little brief speech there. Uh, it, it it was a time. It was a whole walk down memory lane of his entire career. Pretty touching as well. If you check that out on Instagram on his story, I guess it is. Oh yeah. You see that? Yeah, no, this is... This and it's is, all the people in this career. And that, that tells you more than anything I mean, in terms of who's mattered the most, who's meant the most to him in doing this. Yeah. Again, family looks like it's half of it, his kids, yep. everybody else. But you've got pictures of him with coaches, with players he was tight with. Yep. It, it's like it's almost like if you're in the one of those photos, you know, it's like getting the... You know, recognition from the president or something. Everybody's look, And everybody that, that's in one feels touched today. Teddy Bruschi was almost... Like thank you, Tom. You know, I think there's, there's, I'm um, for sure. I saw one of those two. Yeah, I mean, you're not doing this. You're not doing. He went this through those last yeah. night and put that out, and that's to me that says more than anything than even the statement said. Agree you totally. Know, that's the finality of this thing. There how is how final this is. Yeah, and it's it's going to be like. I mean, it's. I don't remember an NFL that that didn't include Tom Brady. I mean, I'm thirty. I'm about, I'm oh, about yeah, to be yeah, thirty-two yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's you know, ever since I started watching the NFL, Tom Brady was starting quarterback. So like like. It's going to be kind of crazy. Like he's sort of the last. I guess it's kind of like, you know, you have him, and then there's a bit of a gap, generation gap, and then it's Rodgers. And then after Rodgers, it's totally the next generation, right? Anybody close to that category that's still starting? I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. he came in in, you know, 05 or whatever it was. So, yeah, like those two are the last sort of bastions of my early, my earliest NFL, yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, memories, so it's a little it's a little melancholy in that way. It's like just a, you know, a reminder. I mean the 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 the, the damn Brady Super Bowl, it with Tampa Bay was three years ago, three seasons ago. You can argue he should have gone out on top. Yeah, I get why he didn't, because you feel like all that stuff's coming back. Well, again, he had said for years he's going to play till forty five. His teammates were laughing. That's back when he was with the Patriots. He was saying that stuff. Yeah, and I mean he look, did. I would have come back too because again you get you're bringing back every coach every position player they didn't lose anybody so you're like let's just run it even though that's very very hard to do as we see I get why you would do it didn't go according to plan but I understand that there's no reason to keep playing for him you have nothing left to prove you don't want why, why would you want to go play for the Raiders why would anybody want to do that so that's a mis- I mean that's a career suicide move I couldn't agree more. I mean, dude, we're gonna. We're I'm gonna, sad for the for Devonte, bro. We're gonna end up rolling with Jared Stidham. I mean, what else? Are we what's the point of going out there and paying Jimmy Garoppolo? How much of he's is he an upgrade over Derek Carr? Are we sure? Yes. Is he? Because he wins and leads. He wins with the Niners. He leads. I guess, man. He leads with that handsome smile. I just don't. I mean, he yes, it's an upgrade in in the leadership department appearance, and yes, personal appearance. Yeah. I mean, could, could that matter? Could that make an impact? Maybe. Um, Carr's a whiner. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I feel like this was um, the right decision for Brady. Surprised you don't have a 12 jersey on today. Well, there's, I'm not, well, there's no way I'm going to win. You hadn't pushed the uh, send button on to get that Tom Brady Raiders jersey. That's a good thing. It never it never came to pass, man. I, oh, I thought you were going to be ahead of time. I would have gotten it. It would have been I a nice. Spoken into existence, but it would have been like Manziel's Memphis Express jersey. It'd have been the same thing, so just a novelty item. I thought Josh McDaniels was gonna get him over there with you. That's what I mean. That's what it was. It was either that or retire, and he retired. Save yourself, Tom, from that fate. Yep, I and I think that's exactly right. This is more about not wanting to spend another year in the we NFL. Yeah, we don't have to see another goat just diminished in a diminished state. I mean, did I did I root for like a Rich Gannon ending? I did. I thought it could maybe be that, but it's not to be. I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Anyway, goat. Don't remember an NFL without him. Um, and uh, he was a, he was a privilege to watch, man. The way he was able to get the most out of his teammates. Can Pat go get seven? Better win this year. I don't think anybody can get seven. I don't think that's a record that will be touched by a singular quarterback. Pat's getting there as much as Tom did early in his he career. If he, if he wins this one. He is. And he is going to no, win seven, this one. Seven's too crazy. He's young like, enough to do it, though. But the salary cap and, you know, it's just. Could he have Andy Reid that long? No. No. 
like Tom had Bill? Nope. That's the other thing. Yeah. I mean, Andy and Reed's a little longer in the tooth. Andy Reed's probably in his mid sixties. He's sixty four, so he's probably got what three or four left. Yeah, that's an interesting question. When you got Mahomes, maybe it's like the fountain of youth. Yeah, maybe but you could stick it in another six years. Maybe. I mean, but okay, so then you have to win every single one of those. But I mean, nobody's gonna do that. He he will not. Yeah. But he's the the man that might be the most. I don't think anybody will do it. I don't think there's any quarterback who will do it. Prepared to do so. Um. I'll tell you this, if Jalen Hurts wins this one, people are going to start talking about that. And I think that's crazy, but people will start and say, can Jalen Hurts get to seven? You no, know they no, are. No, Actually, we won't have that conversation. People will ask that we question. We will not. You have to go to a lot of bowls like Mahomes is doing before we're asking that. But I'm just saying. Reach like, a greatness level that hey, Hurts has not reached yet. Hurts is only in his third year. I understand how He's young he is. He's got Sirianni there. It could be the next. He's talking about is he going to win two and all that. Nobody talking about his hurts winning seven. Mahomes. That's what you're going to be the saying. The only person that you could even have that conversation about. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to Mark Giannato uh, about Tigers, Grizzlies, uh, both seasons, where they stand, and more on the other side. Jason and John. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Return of family, ESPN. Mark Gennato joins us by phone. Catch him on commercialappeal.com, sports comments. Two to four from, well, from two to four with Gennato and Jeffrey. He joins us now. Mark. Normally you would be in studio. I don't blame you. Is it simply a calculation that you made? You didn't want to test the Memphis drivers until you absolutely had to? Uh, no, it was more like my kids are not in school, and I had to help my wife take care of the kids So, um, as long as I as long as long possible. So I'll, I'll be in there in studio at 2, but I, you know, I was on kid duty for most of the morning. Much higher priority than this show. Yeah, have you? Uh, and, and rightfully so. You have no. I I totally understand. Have you? I mean, I I'm assuming in your time for in D.C. and and uh, and your days in Michigan, you have seen much worse than this, huh? You got chains on the tires. Well, it's it's different. Like ice is like the great equalizer, though. Like you know, like it, like in Michigan, it's it, it like D.C. It's you know, it's definitely different than here, but it's much more similar. I would say the mindset to Memphis, for instance, than, say, Michigan. Like, Michigan, when it would snow, it was like a challenge to everyone. Everyone was like, well, this, this is not going to upset my routine. Like, you know, like they almost take it as a challenge because it happens so much up there. Um, and, you know, frankly, they've got, like, like the plowing is, like, you know, pretty uh, – there's a lot of plows, and they, do, they know how to do it because they do it every year. D.C., you know, it's better than here in terms of, like, being more equipped for it. But, like, in terms of, like, everything shutting down and people, like, racing to the grocery store, and pan- it was, it's the same there as it is here. You know, like, it's, it's not that much different in terms of um, how they deal with winter weather, even though they're a little, you know, they've got a little more infrastructure to deal with it. Um, but, you know, I, I have driven through worse probably than, than this, but at the same time, you know, ice is pretty, you know, ice is the great equalizer. Like, snow to me isn't that difficult to drive through, um, especially if you have the right type of car. Um, but ice, you know, I like four-wheel drive doesn't necessarily help you on ice. 
You know, if you start sliding, you start sliding whether you got four wheels or two wheels. Uh, any final words on your fellow Michigan man, Tom Brady? I figure this is a good place for them, Mark. Well, I'm glad he retired. I, I you know, I said after, I said before this season, I was a little like I didn't like that he was coming back. I felt like it didn't feel right, and and I think when we watched him all this year, it didn't feel right. You know, like. His first two years in Tampa, you know, obviously winning the Super Bowl, like that worked out really well his first year. And even the second year, you know, they, they had a really good team. This year, none of it just felt awkward watching him play this year. And I'm glad he didn't try to go to the Niners or some Same. other team yep. and really try to extend this out. Like, I'm, I'm glad he's ending it now. You know, we won't remember this last season when we're, you know, five years from now when he's going into the Hall of Fame. No one's going to remember this last season. Um, I just hope he, I just hope he's telling us the truth with for good. Like that. Like I just hope. I just hope a month or two from now the Niners come calling. They want a quarterback, and he's not lured back into it. I hope he's telling the truth this time. Like this, maybe not telling the truth is not the right word, but like right phrase because like i think last year was more like a negotiating ploy the the retirement more than anything when you look back on it um this time i'm I, i'm hopeful this is this is it because like you know he's had a obviously an amazing career um and i would hate to see him you know even though it won't affect his legacy long term i'd hate to see him tarnish it at all um and and that's felt like a little bit this year like again it didn't like tarnish his legacy but it was just like no one wanted to see what, what what we were watching that version of tom brady this year where you know it was just a struggle the whole time yeah no i i uh i totally agree um all right on to uh on to the basketball teams in town mark uh what's the <laughs> state of the union the state of the address right now with the with the tigers basketball team um i think they're you know they're going pretty good right now i mean i was thinking about today they got nine games left and you know, to me, if you go seven and two or better, you're going to be in a really good spot going into the postseason. Um, now, w- w- does that include a win over Houston? I'm not sure. You know, but like ultimately, that's what I think. Um, as you look at it, and I think when you look, I think they're back in sort of the similar rhythm that they were in non-conference play. Um, you've got Kendrick Rowland. Frankly, DeAndre's playing better than he played in non-conference play. Keontae Kennedy and Elijah McCadden have formed like a nice little, you know, sort of supplementary tandem beneath those guys, I think, uh, in the past few weeks. Like they've become much more reliable, it feels like, as they've gotten more and more comfortable uh, and more and more sort of set in their roles. Um, It seems like you're going to get, you know, Malcolm Dandridge back this Saturday and like very clearly, like I think, I don't think that's going to upset the chemistry they have. Cause I think you can just kind of insert them where KO was playing. And, you know, like ultimately I think Malcolm's going to give you overall a little bit more than KO did. Maybe not, you know, he's not the shot blocker KO is, but I think he's a better defender. And like, you're, you're also not going to be relying on him to play heavy minutes. You know, like they've been getting by with KO playing, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you know, partly because Penny doesn't trust him, it feels like. Um, and if Malcolm can just give him 10 or 15 minutes a game, I think that's going to help a lot, especially as he's first coming back from his injury. Um, so I feel pretty good about where they're at. I mean, we'll see here coming up. I mean, the, the schedule gets a little tougher. You know, you got Tulane at home. You got um, – uh, you know, I think you got what South Florida on the road, Temple at home, um, UCF at home. Three of your next four at home, and if you can if you can win the next four, um, you're going to go into that first Houston game in the middle of February. I think both teams will be ranked. It'll be a huge game. I think you know it'll be a you know a big moment for the team. So I feel really good about where the Tigers are at. You know, I, you know, can they get above like an eight seed? You know, that's a good question. You know, I think you probably need, to me, a win over Houston to do that. Um, and, you know, no slip-ups um, yeah, against other teams. But, you know, all in all, I think they're in a good spot to be kind of 
sort of it, it, sort of the team that the team they were last year in terms of seeding. I feel really good about that. And then with a chance to maybe improve their seeding here down the stretch. I, I think it was Munns that asked Penny about uh, Jason Munns of the Commercial Appeal with you that asked Penny about okay, what, well Malcolm's one thing. What about Alo's return and whether or not you know the concern whether or not it would throw off. Anything, any this this bit of a rhythm that they've got at least offensively, or more, I mean, less so than rhythm than that pecking order that's pretty out there. And I agree yeah. with you. You know, uh, Elijah and Keontae are giving you a nice little combo as that sort of third guy. Any concern for you on Alo sort of throwing that? We know what he adds defensively, but would you be concerned at all about throwing off maybe a pecking order offensively with Alo when he gets back? I don't just because Halo doesn't need a lot of shots to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, don't you think he can just slot into, frankly, like the person who's going to suffer, honestly, minutes wise from Halo's return is Demari A. Franklin, right. I think. And like, uh, like to be honest, he has not lived up to no sort question. of what Penny built him as uh, so far. And so, if, you know, fr- frankly, it feels like. Ninety percent Alo will be an upgrade to to Demari Franklin in that in that rotation slash pecking order, um, and I just think I, I think Alo. I, I know it, it, in some ways, you know, re- reinfusing someone naturally is going to cause some chemistry issues. At the same time, like having Alo, I think helps Kendrick quite a bit. Like right now, they're trying, they're using Elijah and Keontae Kennedy as like, yep. you know, sometimes fill in point guards, even when, when Kendrick's on the floor to kind of get him off the ball. Off the ball. Yep. But like very clearly, it's not like completely natural for them. Like they can do it, but it's not like the greatest thing. You know, it's not like the greatest thing. Whereas you put Alo in there, it's a nat- more, much more natural fit. Yep. And so, I mean, you know, I, do I think he'll play maybe fewer minutes than he did when he was playing at the beginning of the season? I would hope so, given the way Elijah and Keontae are playing, but not that much. I, I still think he's going to have a very significant role, um, and you know, it's going to be on. Frankly, it's going to be on Alo to make sure. To me, like what he provides the most is like that energy, the steals, the defense, yeah. and he needs to make sure. Like, I don't want to see Alo at seventy-five percent out there. Like, I want you know, you need the Alo, the full Alo experience. He needs to get healthy. Um, completely. And so, um, but I, you know, I, I suspect it's not going to be that big of a problem, especially because Alo is not like a, he doesn't need his shots type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like he just, I think he can offensively, he can just fit in and defensively, you know, he, he adds quite a bit. Um, I, I was talking about this with Jeff earlier, but I'm curious to get your take on this. It's not going to apply for this season because Houston and well, Houston is still in the league. But next season, the the season's beyond that for Memphis. We we already acknowledge that their room and margin for error is pretty minimal. Um, what is this going to look like in 2024 and 2025 beyond? And how much stress and emphasis is that going to place on Penny and Memphis's ability to to schedule decent basketball series in the non-conference? Because your 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 basketball league, quite frankly, it, it's just not going to be very good, and you're not going to have that carrot at the end of the stick with Houston twice a year anymore. So you can't depend on that. How much emphasis is there going to be on that, and and how do you think it impacts Memphis and as a program? Well, I think you're seeing, I mean, Munns wrote a story a couple of weeks ago. Like they're trying, I mean, they're trying to really like, they're trying to follow the template they did this year, where essentially you're only going to see like two or three buy games on the schedule. It's going to be like, they're talking to, they're trying to get a whole, you know, something with Virginia lined up. They're talking to Missouri. They're talking to Arkansas. They're already going to have Vandy, Texas A&M. Um, and, uh, I'm blanking on one other, um, but like I, I think they are. I think very clearly they have to play a really strong non-conference schedule every year, and frankly, hope it works out better than this year's non-conference worked out. Like I think they did the right thing things this year into sort of how they mapped out their non-conference schedule. It just turned out, you know, some of these teams aren't quite as good as you expected. I've got Ole Miss. They're going to play Ole Miss next year uh, on the road, but. 
um, they're, they're very clearly going to have to play, you know, in my mind, you know, 10 good non-conference games every year. Um, and uh, they're going to the, they're going to the battle for Atlantis next year. I think that's going to be, you know, you, you, you've got a chance there to play two or three really good games at that. Um, Cause that's a, that's a much better tournament than the Orlando one they're in. They were in this year. Um, but then in terms of the conference, I, you know, I, frankly, if you look at like the, what the teams that are coming in are doing this year, they're actually much better than I thought they would be. Like Florida Atlantic is really good this year. Um, you know, uh, Rice is like much better than they've historically been. They've got this good coach. UAB under Andy Kennedy has been a solid team. Um, Charlotte has turned a corner this year with Ron Sanchez, a Tony Bennett assistant who's been there a couple years. Like they're pretty good this year. Um, UTSA kind of stinks um, at basketball. Um, who else am I forgetting? Who's the I'm forgetting? Oh, North Texas. They're like a top 100 Ken Palm team ish. Um, like it's not actually like if those teams from this year were put into the conference, like uh, they're not replacing Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, but it's also not as bad as what it seems like on paper uh, when they were added from a basketball standpoint. Now the question is is what they're doing this season sustainable over the long haul? Are they going to, you know, like is Florida Atlantic going to keep the coach they have right now who seems to be really good? Same with Rice. Um, you know, same even with Andy Kennedy at UAB. Like, do you, do they, you know, like ultimately it's going to be much like in AAC football. It's going to, you know, it's probably going to ebb and flow based on who the coach is at the time. Most of these schools are not like Memphis where, you know, like, it feels like Penny Hardaway is going to be the coach for the foreseeable future. Um, so I, I think it's going to like, the question to me is, is it going to be, is the AAC going to be a one bid league starting next year? Right. My gut yeah. tells me probably, yep. Um, yep. maybe it's a two bid league, but it seems like it's going to be a one bid league. And so you're going to have to, um, or maybe it's a two bid league only if like Memphis is second place, because they feel like they're one of the few teams, maybe SMU can too, that can schedule right. aggressively, if you will, in non-conference play. Um, but I, I think it's a, definitely a big question mark, and it's certainly going to feel a lot like I mean, it's going to be like Conference USA, where like will. occasionally, like if UAB is really good, like the league will get two teams in, but by and large, you're just going to get one in. Well, and, and, and I think, yeah. I was going to say, the, 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 the peril for Memphis basketball is that one of the things that Cal was incredible at is he could get those home-and-homes with Georgetown. He could get those home-and-homes with, uh, you know, he got, he got Arizona to play here one year. Um, Texas, they had a home-and-home home with te- or, or, you know, Texas play. Well, I don't know if it was a home-and-home, home, but they certainly played here. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just wonder, is Memphis prepared for the humbling that they might have to take to get like they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to I, I I don't I don't think they're getting home and homes with teams like Virginia, I mean they, you might be able to get go there, but like you're gonna have to go win at their place. Like I don't think most of these programs are going to be very excited or or willing to come here, and I just don't know if I don't know, we'll find out, but I just don't know if Memphis is prepared for that um, well, realization. I think a variable in this also is how involved do ESPN and Nike get like. ESPN gets very involved in football scheduling. I don't know if they're going to be that. They certainly don't get as involved in basketball scheduling, but they do. Um, and then Nike is also part of this. Um, like you can lean on certain things and create some things for yourself. And then, you know, it's ultimately also about relationships. Like, you know, I'd like to see if possible, like, you know, I know Memphis is trying to get something going with Cincinnati. I think, you know, like a non-conference home and home, you know, I think, you know, we, they should try to get something with Houston, too. Now, I don't know if Houston wants to do that, but Calvin Sampson seems to like Penny. Um, you know, he talks very highly of him. Um, and, like, as long as Memphis, to me, like, a lot of these coaches, like, their schedule, I know you say they don't want to come to Memphis, but a lot of them are looking at it in terms of, all right, is this going to be a non-conference game that's going to help me, mm-hmm. you know, help my tournament chances, prepare me, if you will. And like I don't, I don't think it's that going to be like. Do you really think the perception of Memphis is going to change that much 
going from this AAC to the new AAC? Like, I, if anything, I just, I just know? think like I think what hurts a program like Memphis is you see these Big Twelve SEC challenges, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and most of these Power Five leagues get their fill in 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 non conference setups like that, you know, in preseason tournaments. Like, there's just not. Limit you a little bit, but you got five SECs on there yeah, no, right I mean, now. You, you and if you could I mean, get Arkansas on, yeah. And, no, I mean they're gonna have to do that every year now, though. Has to like it. Just like, take the Gonzaga approach. I mean, if you can, and let yeah. you know whether it's neutral courts or whatever, but play everybody. And, You're gonna and, have yeah. to. And 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 people also, Mark, have to believe that Memphis can be a good win for them. You know, yeah. Like they'll. Well, I think I think ultimately the thing that hinders Memphis in scheduling more than anything that people don't really truly understand or realize is the FedEx Forum contract more than anything because. They have to play a certain number of home games mm-hmm. at FedEx Forum every year, yep. which means they can only play a certain number of games on yep. neutral sites. Yep. And that's where you're going to, you know, like that's ultimately, like to me, it's not the perception of Memphis. It's not the league. Ultimately, like the thing that hinders them more than anything in terms of getting like the quality of opponent you want, you're talking about, more often than not, it's because Memphis has to play a certain number of home games at FedEx Forum every year to fulfill that contract. Let's turn you to Grizzlies, Mark. And, of course, we're talking to Mark Giannato, columnist for the Commercial Appeal. i got a big one tonight against Portland. Dame's been on a heater, and we're hoping to see, of course, Danny Green tonight. What's, what's fair expectations, Mark, as far as you're concerned for, for Danny Green? Well, I think, you know, you want to see him look like he's moving well. I, I, you know, like, hopefully he, he hits some shots tonight, but ultimately, like, the thing that's going to make or break this whole Danny Green thing, whether he's actually a – you know, becomes a rotation player for you here the last few months of the season in the playoffs is whether he can still move, you know, whether he can still keep up defensively um, with this injured knee. And so, um, like, I think this is going – I'm not expecting him to come out and just be like gangbusters eight and a half months after a serious knee injury. I think this is going to be a gradual thing mm-hmm. for him, with him. I mean, he's 35 and coming off major knee surgery. So – um, you know, I just want to see how he moves tonight. To me, that's what I'm going to be looking at. Like, is, are guys just blowing right by him, you know, um, when he's out there on the court? Because um, that'll be a bad sign. Um, so, that's, I don't know if I have any huge expectations immediately for him, you know, ultimately, like these first few games. Um, you know, I just want to see him move, move, look like he can move okay and keep up, if you will. Um, on the floor because I think that's what's going to make her. Like, I think he's going to hit shots eventually. Um, he's too good of a shooter. And frankly, the way, you know, if they play him with Ja or Tyus, like those guys are going to get him open looks. Uh, and I, I suspect he'll be able to knock down open looks. The question is, will he be like, a, you know, part of Danny Green's allure as a player over the years was, yeah, he could shoot threes, but he was also a plus defender for you in his heyday. And I'm not saying he needs to be Dylan Brooks out there defensively, but, you know, you can't – it's going to be hard to play him, say, with John Morant if he's a terrible defender now because of this knee injury. And so that's what, I, that's what I'm really focused on. How's he moving out well, there? Well, h- how closely do you think the Grizzlies are looking at these next, I don't know, eight days with Danny Green? And it's probably three games before yeah. the deadline. Yeah, that means so, so it's, uh, I suspect yeah. he'll play tonight, not tomorrow night. And so it's impossible. It's impossible to to make any kind of substantive decision based yeah. on. So it's like the Grizzlies are going to have they they they, you, they know right now, right? I mean, they they have to know. I mean, it. I suspect all this talk about OG Ananobi and whatever. Like, I don't. I think they are going to, when when the trade deadline passes. And Zach Kleiman speaks to the media. He's going to have a similar sort of stance as he had a year ago when Dylan, at the trade deadline last year, Dylan had been out for a couple months with that ankle injury and was about to come back. And I went back and looked at the quotes. Like Zach Kleiman said, we kind of view Dylan Brooks as our trade deadline acquisition. And I think when he comes and talks to the media next week after the trade deadline passes, he's going to say something similar in regards to Danny Green, we view Danny Green as our trade deadline acquisition this year. Like, I just don't, I, I think this, like, I don't, I'm not here to say whether I agree or disagree with like giving up multiple picks for a guy like OG Ananobi and maybe giving up Dylan Brooks. 
I'm just telling you, if you look at this front office's track record, like it would be totally out of character for them to make a move like that. Like that, that's where I think people need to be realistic is like this, this front office has, has shown that they are like, especially for a non all-star player. Like I just, I, I would be stunned if the, if what the, what the cost is right now that people are saying it's going to cost to get OG and Obi, like I would be stunned if the Grizzlies are meeting that cost. Has your opinion of whether this team needs Dylan Brooks going forward changed at all based on his play over the last month, Mark? I don't know. I'm on the fence on this because mm-hmm. obviously he's not played well offensively. Career but I also don't, yeah. don't want to be like – I don't want to panic at the same time. Like the reality is like I was looking today like comparing – Dylan Brooks and OG Ananobi. And like the whole, the thing with OG Ananobi, people will say is, you know, like they have different, him and Dylan are both obviously great defenders. Dylan is probably the better on ball defender. OG Ananobi is probably the more versatile defender. And um, even though Dylan's pretty versatile too. But like ultimately, you're not getting OG Ananobi to be a defensive upgrade over Dylan, you're getting him to be an offensive upgrade. And I find this really interesting. If you look at like the overall offensive rating for the Raptors, they're they're actually I, I believe they're slightly worse on offense when OG Ananobi is on the court compared to off the court. Whereas Dylan, as bad as he is shooting the ball and how how bad he is as a kind of an efficient player, Memphis is significantly better on offense when he's on the court than when he's off it. Now. There's a lot of variables involved in that, like yeah. who's playing with them and all that. But the point I'm making is I'm just not sure OG Ananobi is the upgrade everyone's making him out to be. Like, is he, is he an upgrade? Maybe. Certainly, certainly from the version of Dylan we've seen over the last month. But is he the type of upgrade where you want to empty your war chest? I have my doubts about that. I, I really do. Well, and then the other consideration, too, is like, you know, and, it's, and I know it's been mentioned here, and and but it's like you know, how would it go over? I I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I do think that is that is something that ha- well, I, I, it doesn't. It's not the first thing, but it is something I think you have to consider. Oh, I think I think you like honestly. To me, John Morant is at a point in his career where I'm not saying he has to make the he makes the decision, but you certainly have to run it by him. I think you know, like say like, hey, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? You know, and again, it's not if you believe it's the right move, John Morant saying yes or no cannot be the deciding factor. Um, we've seen how that works <laughs> with LeBron over the years. Like that can't, but you also have to take his feelings into account, I think. And just that locker room in general, like they haven't really dealt with, we talk a lot about their maturity. That group has not really dealt with a huge midseason trade. Like, yeah, the first year just they brought in Justice Winslow. Um, but you know, they were at a different point in their, they, they weren't contenders then that was Jaws rookie year. Um, and, and I also think about it like this, like right now, it feels like at the deadline, especially in the play in era where there's so many more teams that feel like at least, I don't know if there are so many more teams that are buyers, but there's a lot, there's feels like there's just way less teams that are sellers because, you know, there's 10 teams that can potentially make make the postseason in each conference as opposed to eight. Like, doesn't it feel like right now you're paying – if you're making a trade at the deadline, you're paying such a huge premium. Whereas, like, I just wonder if you wait till the offseason, one, you'll have less of a locker room disruption. To, if you want to make a major move, you'll have less of a locker room disruption. And, like, you're not going to pay three for – like, if you actually have to give up, to me, multiple first-round picks to get someone like OG Ananobi – like to me, that doesn't seem like you're getting good value for these draft picks that you've assembled. I know they're late first round draft picks, but this franchise has done really well with late first round draft picks. So, I, you know, like I, I just question if you can get a better deal in the off season. Now, I know Dylan is going to be a you know free agent, and you want to get something for him if you're not going to keep him. But like I suspect that the Grizzlies are thinking, well, at the right price, we would like to keep Dylan Brooks. Um, so that's why I, I, I think the trade talk is great. Like I, I agree in theory, this team probably needs another player, another shooter, and maybe it's Danny green. 
but maybe he's too old for that and too injured for that. And maybe like he, you know, they could use another player. I think that, I think everyone can agree on that, but at what cost? Like, you know, like I just don't, I, I don't know if, you know, cause like you're ultimately then also, if you make that type of move, you're essentially saying we're going to delay our evaluation of Zaire Williams and, for another year. And, like, don't you want to know quicker whether you think he can actually be a playoff contributor for you? I, so, I don't know. There's a lot of things at play. And I, my gut just tells me, like, the team they have on the court tonight, basically, except for Steven Adams, because yeah, I expect it sounds, seems like Bain might play too tonight. He was moved up to questionable. Like, that team plus Steven Adams is the team you're going to have in the playoffs. That's my, that's my guess. Um, you know, obviously things can change over the next eight days, but just based on this front office's track record, um, that's my guess is that the team you got out there tonight against Portland, add in Steven Adams when he gets healthy, that's the team you're going to have entering the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> Mark, appreciate the time as thank always, you, man. Mark. Enjoy the ice day. Thanks, bro. All right, thank you guys. Yep, he is Mark Giannato. Read him at commercialappeal.com. Uh, listen to him from two to four here on ninety two nine. Shoot three sixty. It's icy outside. Got the kids at home. Great time to get by Shoot360 and let them get some energy out in the gym. Got to get better at the game of basketball while they're at it. It's uh, it's the same technology that the Golden State Warriors use, for example. They swear by it. They call it a Disneyland for, for hoopers. Uh, your kids are going to love it. Uh, get better at the game of basketball. Measure that jump shot. Passing drills, dribbling drills, all interactive. 85 Market Center Drive in Collierville. Yep, absolutely going to love it. And I'm here to tell you as a parent, they got a bunch of great membership options, one to fit every budget. So you're going to be happy because you're not much lighter in the wallet or the purse. Niece or nephew, though, doesn't just have to be a son or daughter. If they've shown a little passion early on for putting the ball in that hoop, then Shoot360 is the place to get them. Like John said, it's a basketball haven. It's the best deal in town. It's the future of basketball training right here in Memphis. The future is now at Shoot360. You need to go see them out at 85 Market Center Drive in Cairo. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.